Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane Team Arts, our sizzling summer deals start early with a free Weber barbecue when you buy four selected Bridgestone jeweler or a Lenser tyres. Buy three and get the fourth tyre free on Bridgestone, Goodyear, Yokohama and Dunlop. And up to $100 instant cashback on top tyre brands like Michelin, Goodyear, Zenon and Motorsport X. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. T's and C's apply. Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Yes, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I have Tony Delberto on the line with me. He is the 2022 Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia champion, Tony D. You got it done. And um, <laughs> you left us all with our hearts in our mouths. Uh, where where was your heart as this was all going on? Congratulations. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, it's awesome to wrap it up and uh, provide a lot of entertainment for a lot of people watching on Stan Sport or at the track. Um, I made it look very, very difficult for myself, and it was. Um, but uh, yeah, just absolutely thrilled. You know, we worked really hard this year to get to that position, and it couldn't have been any harder for us at Bathurst. Uh, longer races, more points on offer, a track that doesn't suit the Honda whatsoever. Um, we go there twice, so it gives everyone a chance, you know, twice the opportunity to try and beat us, and to still come up trumps um, shows we've done a, you know, a really good job during the year. So. Uh, my name now is up in great company with uh, Chaz Mostard and Will Brown. There you go. And uh, in 2019, Will Brown beat me to the title quite easily, mind you. Uh, but I finished second and I said to him on Sunday, I said, mate, can we just, you know, you finish second this year. Just let me have this one, please. Just reverse grid race re- result, please. Exactly. And then to witness what he did in the last race and get into the lead and win the race. He certainly didn't have that in mind. He was going full attack, trying to win that championship and um, hats off to him. He did a really, really good job um, and did everything he could. Uh, but luck was on my side, Grantos. Mm. Lady luck was on my side. <laughs> oh, yeah, it certainly was. So uh, there's a couple of key pieces of audio from the Stan Sport coverage that uh, I want to play for everyone. Now, here is the start of lap seven of the 21-lap race. Listen in. Will Brown has a look at the Peugeot. Oh, wow! Two wheels on the grass. Brown at the chase. How did that? How is that possible? That's unreal. Moves into the race lead, and that puts him into the championship lead. So that was the commentary team confirming at that point of the race that you were not leading the title at that point. Did you know, realize, care? I did care. I can tell you. Um, yeah, I must admit the race wasn't panning out that well. I um, I got stuck behind my our good friend, Mark Russo, yep. and he was having a fair old battle himself. And because the Honda's is quite slow in a straight line, I had to really, try and make up the top but because the guys in front of me weren't traveling so well the men sort of balked me and just made me really vulnerable i lost a couple of spots to probably guys that i shouldn't have and 
because I had the straight line on me, I, did, I couldn't do a lot about it. So I had to be, had to be really patient uh, during those stages of the race. And I could tell by my engineer, Fifey's voice, that we were in trouble. I, I could tell he had, didn't say it. He was trying <laughs> to be encouraging, but I could tell that uh, it wasn't, wasn't panning out that well. But I couldn't actually see the leaders. They'd nicked off that far that I couldn't see who was leading the race until the safety car came out. And I, I just remember saying to myself, you've got to be kidding. I can't believe Will has got to lead. Yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. Like he'd, in the first race, uh, he wasn't too far ahead of me and he couldn't do much about it. He couldn't get around anybody and he couldn't make, uh, make any ground. And I thought that was going to be the case in race three. Like, you know, he'd sit around fifth, sixth, whatever, and really couldn't, I wouldn't be able to sort of move forward too much. So I don't know whatever they did to that car in the last race, but they lit it up and, um, he was a lot, lot faster in that last one, um, and even, even uh, you know, giving it to Bailey Sweeney, who had heaps of pace in that first race. So, um, yeah, it was quite stressful at that stage. Okay, cool. So that safety car that you talked about was a little bit of a saving grace for you, not necessarily bunching the cars up. You didn't really have the pace to do much uh, about them anyway, but. The the safety car was because Ben Barguana had blown an engine on the on his Burson Peugeot, which ruled him out, which kind of put you back into uh like right on the cusp of um of I think it was that might have put you into eleventh, which ensured one hundred percent that you'd win the title. Yeah. Um, now, uh, me and my little crew at the track were doing some of the stats, helping the TV production guys. And the TV guys were calling it perfectly. Little shout out to Maddie Christie, who did do the numbers because, like, I'm horribly dyslexic and I see things backwards, so numbers don't really work that well for me. But uh, Maddie Christie was uh, doing it, and uh, when when Greg Rust or Matt Nold he had called out um, his exact stat, his little cheeks uh, gl- <laughs> Uh, were glowing red and it was uh, it was very cute. It was a good job by him. Very well done, Maddie Chatty. Um, then uh, uh, what um, what transpired there was you cross the line and you know commentators are going off and um, uh, media center was uh, like uh, blowing up uh, yellow and white balloons celebrating a glorious Tony Delberto victory. Um, but the radio comms between you guys, let's just uh, have a quick listen to how it played out or what we heard via the Stan Sport broadcast that uh, you were being told by Fife. Here it is. Did we not get it? He doesn't know. So, um, what's that mean? So they're a little... Sure, mate, I'll have to figure that out right now. I think we did. Well, it was, it was getting quite frustrating because uh, I knew if I had to finish 11th, after Will had won the race, but that was the worst case scenario for us. If Will wins, then we have to finish 11th. We win by two points or we've finished 12th and we still win back on the count back. That's right. Two, those um, two Queensland raceway victories never mm, would have felt so sweet. That's right. But uh, I didn't know where I'd finished. That's what I was getting. I was getting frustrated with. It's like, just tell me where we finished. Where did I actually? And I'm trying to count the cars in front of me after the flag to figure out, you know, where I'd actually finished on the road. Some cars missed the pit lane entry and went up mountain straight and then had to do a U-turn. I don't know what happened there. So <laughs> it wasn't that easy to count. 
anyway, once we've come in the dummy grid at the back of the pits there, Will has got out of his car and come up to my car and said, congratulations, mate, well done. I you know, gave it everything. And I was at that moment then I thought, ah, oh, okay, we've won. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what a climax. Fifey left me absolutely hanging. And our good friend, Justin from Honda, he had done all the maths. So all they had to do was basically turn to him and say, what's the go? And he would have been able to tell everybody exactly what the go was. So it was a bit, um, I think I would he have was, loved to have he, known. he might've been hiding in the toilet though. I think that's I think he was, he was the issue. Big time stress, big time stress. He was more stressed than me. Um, <laughs> but I would have loved to have known as I went across the line because it just would have been great footage, absolutely yep. great footage to, to see the excitement and elation after the race, um, after all the stress during the race. Um, to actually cross the line, get the onboard footage of me going ballistic and celebrating. But instead, there was no emotion because I thought, I honestly thought we hadn't got it done. Oh, do you think he would have gone full Caruso on it? Like his Sydney yes, Motorsport 100%. Park win, legs 100%. and arms going everywhere? 100%. My, my arms and legs were going everywhere when I was following Caruso, just mind you, uh, in the race. My, I pretty much wore out the flash button trying to get him out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't have a bar of it. So I was, I was a bit angry with him. I reckon it stems back to the DVS championship where I beat him by about two points as well. I think he still holds a grudge to this day. <laughs> um, and he I, wasn't going to let me through. Come on. This is, was meant to be the Bathurst international and two Italians should have been working <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> no, he had, he had issues going on. I don't know what was going on with his car in that last race, but there was a fierce little battle going on on the back. I can tell you. Michael Clemente was up there and Luke King and Cruz and yeah, it was all going on. I'm thinking this is, this is too, this battle was too aggressive for me in this race. <laughs> like I don't want any of this hassle, Yeah, uh, but I sort of had to get involved. Otherwise it was going to turn out bad for me. So. Oh, the uh, ultimate result. <laughs> so uh, just talk about that emotion then when Will Brown, <laughs> Uh, did finally deliver, well, someone at least delivered you the news that you'd won the title. What was, well, what was see, the, what was the, what, what was going through your head? See, Fifey on the last lap said to me, we should be right here, mate. We're, we should be good. Just finish it off and uh, you know, get to the line. And I saw Will was actually second going up mountain straight. And then when I come down Conrad, I saw Will had got back into the lead somehow. And then my heart sank at that point because I thought, oh, my God, he's just got back in the lead, so now we're no good. Like I thought it was that close, that that tight. Um, and then, obviously, when we come in the pits and he, he came to the car and, you know, congratulated me, um, it's just a huge amount of relief, massive amount of relief. There was probably a few tears there um, just because, you know, there's been such a big lead up to Bathurst and, you know, there is obviously, there's always doubters and there's people in the background trying to stir the pot and other drivers in the championship hunt trying to, um, you know, knock your confidence or whatever it is. And just to, to finally, you know, seal the deal, get it done. It was just a really, really big relief. We had Honda people there, other sponsors, family, everyone from the team that had been with us for the last three to four years trying to put this program together. Mm. Um it was just really rewarding. You know, I, I didn't go into this year expecting we were going to be um, winners of the championship. I, I thought, you know, we'd have a reasonable shot, but I, you know, the, the year sort of evolved and um, we just took 
the opportunity and grabbed it and went with it. And I remember having uh, a really big chat with David Wall and, and David Fife after Sydney Motorsport Park. And we, there was a bit of a gap in the calendar and we had three rounds to go. We're leading the championship fairly healthily, I guess. And it sort of dawned on me at that point. I, I thought we're actually in a, amazing spot here to, to win this championship but we probably need to find a bit more pace to be able to do it and we had a bit of a chat and i said to fifey like i need you to be like super honest with me here like what do we need to do to try and close the gap here like we've mm. been working together for a few years now i don't i don't want you to sugarcoat it you know we're in this together what do we need to do and he said i need you to find some more budget so we can go testing. So at that point there, we came up with a plan to go to Queensland Raceway, do a test day, you know, had to raise more money to do it. But it gave us a chance to understand the car a little bit better and the, and the new tyre that come in this year. And from that moment, the car was more competitive for the for Queensland Raceway and Sandown. Obviously, Bathurst, not so much. Um, but those two rounds set us up. Um, for the final round there at Bathurst. So um, that chat was a, definitely like a turning point of the year. Yeah, cool. Excellent. Uh, the Those guys you've always given massive credit to for getting you into this, getting you into this position, even when you had some frustrating times in the 2021 season. One thing that I do remember you saying probably on this podcast is is how hard those guys work. Small team, tight-knit team though, and and really competitive. Um, you did say in the, in the very first interview that there'd been a couple of tears along the way as well. So I guess um, is that – do you think that's, that's all of that um, – that competitiveness that the, that the team has and because it's a really small, tight-knit environment that it does bring out that, um, you know, sometimes you guys do just have have to have a, like a little blue and, uh, and, and, and get on with it before you get on with it? Uh, I think what I sort of meant by that was there's just been times when myself and Fifey have, have probably disagreed on where the car needed to be and how the car needed to be driven. Um, and... You know, there was probably most of the time, to be honest, like he had his his reasons and I didn't probably want to hear about it, but um, they're just very different cars to drive and the philosophy around the setup is just completely different to what I've ever known. So it just took a little while to sort of click in, I suppose, gain that confidence in each other, like what I need from the car and what um, he, he needs from me to drive, how to drive the car. And one thing that, Fife is very good at is, you know, we'll come in after a session and he'll have a look at the data and vision and he'll say, right, I can see you're struggling here, but I need you to do this and I'm going to try and help you here. So it's sort of a bit of a give and take sort of relationship. Um, and that just got stronger and stronger over the time. But one of the things that I think the most impressive parts of wall racing is uh, how reliable and how, um, solid the cars are you know whether it be you know racing the lamborghini at the 12 hour or other gt races uh or the tcr car i haven't had one mechanical failure 
uh, or problem with the car, haven't gone out of pit lane in practice with the steering right hand down or a wheel fall off or anything like that, the preparation is the, you know, probably up right up there with any uh, other team that I've ever driven for, including, you know, DJR, which is one of the best in the country. So um, that's a big credit to them. And also a big credit to Honda. They obviously build a very good car, very reliable car. I mean, we've seen in TCR, you know, the Peugeots, the Alphas, uh, probably not be as reliable as what the Honda has been. Um, and at the end of the day, we finished every single race um, this year, and it's probably the reason we we won the title. Mm, awesome. Well, uh, big congratulations to yourself, Wall Racing and Honda. It's um, it's been quite the journey. So uh, the journalist in me just wants to say, so you coming back next year? What do you reckon? Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to run the number one. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. You know how some drivers are like, nah, 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 I wouldn't change. I want to run my current number and blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) I would 100% run number one on the car. Well, in Um, TCR Australia, we've never seen or had mm, someone run the number one. Will Brown won 2019. I think he tested in number one, but then the season never went ahead because of the COVIDs. Yep. Uh, then then uh, Will left and we had Chas Moster come in. Chas Moster won last year's title, didn't return this year. Yep. This is your big moment. This is your – and we haven't seen number one in the the uh, in supercars for a while because Scotty Mack in his big winning run um, would only run the 17 mm. and SVG has only run uh, the 97. And he's on a, a bit of a championship tear now too. So uh, the, thing, yeah. the thing for me, the car, the number 50, we, well, you actually came up with the concept of car 50 because oh, Honda's you. 50th year that's in right. Australia. In so 2019. That's right. In 2019. So it hasn't got really any relevance now. Uh, and I'm not attached to it. You know, it hasn't been a number that I've carried throughout my career. So I would definitely run number one. I'd, I'd love to come back, but it, it's just going to depend on what Honda want to do, whether they've got funding to do it. Um, you know, it's no secret that, you know, th- this racing is expensive and we're going to try and find the budget to go racing. There's not teams out there just handing out drives for for people and sponsors knocking down everyone's door. You, you know, in our scenario, we go and find the money. So if you want to go racing, you, you find the sponsorship to do it and, um Honda obviously been a big part of that. So I've just got to see where they're at. They've had some um, changes to management recently. So uh, well, I saw you some... give the new boss a big hug. So <laughs> did you did you check what was in his back pocket as you gave him the hug? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've just got to see whether they want to continue doing it or not. So unsure just yet. Uh, that is the plan. That is the goal. And uh, we'll just have to see how the um, cookie crumbles over Christmas. Mm, cool. Actually, I did want to say, though. Did yeah, want sure. To say, oh, this is your forum. Go for it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, in 2018, when TCR was coming to Australia, mm-hmm. I remember I, I made you... sure I made sure you were there for that one, too. 
Yes. And you yes. drove so a Volkswagen. I drove a Volkswagen at Sydney Motorsport Park BMPC. And um, you were very instrumental in trying to get me involved in the category yep. and saying, come on, this would be great, you know. And I wasn't really that sold at that point. And I remember my dad talking to me as well, saying, oh, this looks pretty good. You know, you, you got a, a little bit of a relationship with Honda. Maybe you should go and talk to them and see if they'd be interested to, to get involved. And at that point there, I honestly thought, these guys are crazy. Like, this isn't going to come together. There's no way. Um, so I sort of have to give you a bit of credit there, Grant, for trying to, for pushing me into something that I probably wasn't going to even, you know, look at or entertain. Because um, without your idea or vision, I probably wouldn't have, you know, entertained the idea or, or, or gone for it. So you're all the reason, you're part of the reason that we're here today. Perfect. Hey, and I've gave you the number that ran on your car. It did. Lots of ideas. gave you probably a whole bunch of headaches in the uh, three or four year journey as well as we've, uh, as we've done it. Um, no, no, it was cool. Like it, I, I always thought that this was ultimately going to be the the perfect class for guys of your ilk who um you know aren't really super two drivers anymore your the supercars thing has the main series thing has has come and gone we've seen a lot of guys uh, continue to do uh carrera cup but uh you know we'd never seen a genuine touring car another touring car class come to australia and yeah, they're they're from wheel drive, and they're uh, underpowered, and they're uh, small little turbocharged little rockets. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I felt that that it might have been a a great class for the likes of yourself and the James Moffats and the Michael Carusos, and that's exactly where uh, that that a lot of you guys have have landed. So um, no, I think it's been great. Um, and we're, for the guys you're talking about, um, you know, we're, we're co-drivers these days and you're always looking for something else to fill in the gap in between, do some racing, competitive racing um, to keep yourself, yourself sharp. You don't want to just go to the Enduros and that's your first race of the year. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hand on my heart has been one of the hardest categories to succeed in so difficult you have to be so precise drive the car so well to get a result and um that's probably been one of the hardest things i've I've, not that i've uh you know always succeeded or been the guy to beat but i i found it very difficult to get on the pace you know and um and to understand what the car needed you know if you went to a track and it was hooked up then great way you go but if you had to work on the setup of the car we just had no idea like these cars had rocked out into Australia. No one had front wheel drive experience and honestly they're backwards, these things. <laughs> um, so it just took a, a lot of, uh, a lot of work and I suppose, um, effort to try and get our heads around it. So I think that's why it's probably a bit more satisfying than anything else I've won before. Mm, no. Awesome. And uh, look, and just quickly, do you feel that, it's helped you stay at the the edge you need to be at for those big drives, the uh, the the drive that you have with Shell V Power Racing. Do you think that doing this season has helped James Moffat with maintaining his Tickford Racing co-drive and 
and other guys ensuring that they remain at the best they can be, even though the car might be backwards? Oh, for sure. You know, you, the, the racing is intense. Um, and like I said, you have to, you have to really think about how to drive these cars and drive them well and precise and do all, do all the right things. So I think it, it does help when it comes to these big races. Um, as far as driving style, again, that is completely backwards. So I don't think that sort of helps, but I think if you've done 10 races in the year before you get to the Bathurst 1000, um, you're just so much better equipped for that, that big day. It's like doing the grand final. Um, and, and, you know, you, let's say you would have been on the bench all year if you didn't do any other racing. So I think it just takes away a lot of those nerves. You've done hard racing all year. Um, and you go into those races, just, you know, miles under your belt. So, um, if it wasn't TCR and you could do something else as well, like, I, I just think those miles are, are really crucial. Um, but for me, like it's, it's been awesome to work with, you know, Honda and, you know, wall racing and, and TCR as well from the start, you know, you sort of grown with the category and, you know, the first year was, you know, suck it and see for a lot of people. Um, I remember the, the TV coverage was bloody horrendous. Um, <laughs> I hope Andrew Jansen, who has also been there since uh, day one, who leads the current stand sport thing. He's seen, uh, he's seen more, TV channels in the last uh, three seasons than uh, than now than we've most. got Stan Sport behind it. Um, you know he's been able to actually do what he wants to do. Whereas the first year, what was it, SBS? Yeah, we had SBS, oh, and we had Channel Seven. Uh, then we had Stan Sport. So yep, Stan Sport's it's... just been a massive um, improvement. And then yeah. those guys, like they, they're, they're a small team when you consider like what supercars do with their television production. Yeah. Mm. AJ is trying to, trying to do, do the same sort of level. Yeah. With, um, a, with a, it's like a third of people. The, yeah. yeah. It's less. Yeah. So that, that's impressive what he does. And that's just, you know, people behind the scenes that you don't really know, you know, their caliber of what their, you know, their career or, you know, what they're capable of. And, you got some really talented people um, behind the scenes in TCR and ARG and that whole sort of um, group that, that put the broadcast together. So it's all heading in the right direction. Mm. Just as you may sail off into the sunset and never come back. No, no, no. Now, let me, let me just Maybe tell I'll it. Maybe I'll just grab a mic. I'll just grab a mic. Yeah. It, uh, Carusta. Well, look, Carus does it and he still, he still races. He raced in two things. Over the Bathurst International I Weekend. I think that's why he was so slow on the last race because he was so exhausted from doing a three-hour GT race just before. Yeah, and uh, and holding microphones and doing bits and pieces with that as well. Uh, it would have been exhausting. Let me just uh, let let me just talk about a little conversation that you and I had on Sunday, maybe like an hour and a half before that race, mm-hmm. the final race, and you were you were in good spirits, but. Anxious for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You kind of just wanted the day to be over. That was yeah. the vibe that I got. You were happy to sit there and talk to me, but you would have also been happy for me not to be there and just to <laughs> sit there just doing your own thing. I didn't take too much of your time, <laughs> but I'd said, uh, okay, well, you know, can you just go and just like, just go and win this thing that that would be, that would be good for, that'd be good for everyone in particular myself, because <laughs> like I was feeling stressed as well. 
And you'd said, you'd responded with something like, I'm never, this is it. This is my last race in this category. I'm <laughs> never doing this again. Never, ever, ever. And when you'd finished and we had a little post-race cuddle, I'd said, all right, well, what do you think of your last TCR race? And you, and you said, no, 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 not over. You know, I might come back. I might come back. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was the shortest retirement in the history. Uh, mate, I was, um, I think the, the weekend was more difficult than it needed to be because of the lack of pace we had, you know, like I just, I just felt absolutely helpless. You know, I was, I was relying on other people stuffing up and, you know, they did, um, mm. you know, we, we saw some really strange things going on in the races that, um, ultimately helped me to the championship. Um, you know, I thought we went into the weekend with Jordan Cox. He was going to be the guy that was going to put all the pressure on. He had no BOP in that Peugeot. The Peugeot is a super fast around Bathurst and yep. so is he. Yep. He's one of the best around Bathurst. Um, you know, and then he had the shunting quality and, you know, contact in race one and it all just went bloody pear-shaped for him. I, I don't think anyone expected Will Brown to be right there at the end of the race. So I always said going into the weekend, there's going to be so many variables, a lot to play out. And there, there was, there was heaps. Um, okay, cool. So let's just talk about the little uh, white elephant in the room. Mm. Race two getting cancelled was the... Uh, who knows what would have happened in that race, of course, if it had I gone think, ahead. Uh, I know. Everyone says, oh, you know, if that race two had gone ahead, you would have been buggered. But I think being so wet, it, it was probably the only race that we might have actually been half all right. You know, um, it, it generally the wet conditions do bunch the field up and there's even more variables and guys couldn't keep it on the track in the when the when the track was dry. So... Um, I was actually half excited about the wet race. Um, but yeah, the way it turned out, the amount of rain and then the fog rolled in, um, there really wasn't a chance for us to go racing at that time. Um, and then there was a heap of kerfuffle going on, Grant. You probably Ooh, didn't know much about no, this. No, 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 no. I know about the we kerfuffle. Did. This is, this so is big, much, this is big news. This is big so news. Much kerfuffle. So it hasn't been, it hasn't been reported because I know a couple of journals were, a couple of journos were sniffing at the time about it, but the day started to go so quickly. At least my Sunday started to go so quickly that I didn't get to uh, help many of the journos or any of them really chase this story, but mm -hmm. I'll let you tell it. So I'm not the one labeled with the well, uh, person who told the story. Well, it's no secret. I mean, the, the teams have like a group chat on WhatsApp or whatever. Yep. And they're asking uh if we could do another race to try and you know get race two underway and then do race three after that um even though race two had been declared it had been done and dusted there was an email that came out from the category saying race two has been declared and that's it yeah because you know, the race it was a the, race it was a race because the With race no actually point. started that's right but they that's couldn't right. they couldn't hold it so they had to Ended. But there was there was teams out there obviously weren't happy with that because it suited their situation, mm -hmm. um, and they made like a huge kerfuffle. Like they they I won't name names, but there was teams um, sort of demanding a uh, 
team meeting for all the teams at a particular location, a particular time, everyone be there so they can discuss, you know, wanting to go to do another race. And it ended up just turning out to be like a big fizzle. No one really rocked up. Then some did. Then they all had an argument at each other and nothing (laughs) happened. Like my thing there is like, and I'm looking at it from my point of view, obviously I didn't want the race to go ahead. Um, But there's rules for a reason. The teams just can't go and change the rules just because they were unhappy at the time. You know, they're writing their own rules. If they start doing that sort of thing, the category will lose a huge amount of credibility. Yeah. So, and ultimately the category did um, just follow what Motorsport Australia had, uh, had set out. And, uh, and I guess the the race events are so dictated by TV as well that there was no space in the schedule to it was, uh, to, it to change. It would have had to come at the expense of another category who also want to hold their races as well. So and the, the idea came up, we'll do two races, but halve the points. Oh, no, we don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> so you don't actually want to go racing. You just want to have a chance to try and gain points back in the championship. So turn, it was pretty obvious what day. they were doing. Yeah. Of course. But <clears throat> and, and that's that's fine, but it had already been like it was it was it's in the rules. They weren't clearly weren't satisfied with the the, the rules, so they want to take it in their own hands. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there was a bit Crazy. going on. There was a bit yeah, going was a on and up. look hang on. It was actually above our opinion yelling and screaming. And how were you feeling about this when it was all going down? Did you? I didn't go up there. I didn't go. I didn't participate in it because. Um, so you're telling me wall racing weren't weren't no. trying to have an extra race held? Well, to be honest, the wall racing guys had a GT race going on at that point, so they were all hands on deck trying to manage that. Yep. Um, but yeah, it wasn't going to get anywhere because it was it had already been declared the race. So. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, what a uh, what a day, what a day for you, and a uh, an excellent result, thoroughly deserved, mate. And not just because you're my mate, but <laughs> but but because I've seen, well, because I'm your mate, I've seen how much effort you've put into this thing over the past uh, three or four years, and um, yeah, there's 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 lots of others out there who would have been deserving champions as well. Uh, you know, there, in, there's in guys partic- out there that that had faster cars or um, more opportunity or whatever that, that there was definitely five or six drivers at least that, that probably could have taken the championship out. Um, you know, th- we saw how fast some of the guys were, you know, Jay Hansen in particular took out the pole award, which was you know super impressive. He was fast all year. Um, but for whatever reason, I suppose he wasn't able to, put all the points together. So it's very tricky in TCR, I find, to, to do the whole year, especially with the way the balance of performance swings. Um, some weekends you can just be absolutely nowhere. So um, that's the challenge of it, I guess. Mm. Uh, okay, cool. So next year, maybe you'll be there, maybe you won't. But one thing that um, we're all aiming towards is that a bunch of uh, internationals are going to come and race mm out here for two events in the same race as 
the TCR Australia series against you guys as part of a nine round TCR world tour. So there's lots of, there's so many that uh, like I'm really ingrained in, in how it's all going in, in, in what's going to happen. And it's still confusing for me, but let me just try and make it really simple for everyone. It's, like, it's only confusing because you can't understand what old mate's saying. <laughs> yeah, much. Uh, he's a uh, he's a Marcello Lotti, one of your one of your fine Italian mates. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's a, uh, a, a absolute character, he's a, a character, real yeah. a real character. Uh, so they're going to hold this uh, TCR World Tour, and there will be a minimum of sixteen cars that will compete in this. TCR World Tour, and that will go to all nine events, uh, all of these nine World Tour events. It's like four in Europe, and it's two in the Americas, and there's two here in Australia. And if my math is right, then there's one more in Asia. So they'll go to all these different uh, sort of national TCR titles around the world, and they'll all collect these points. And the top 15 drivers at any of these world TCR events will go automatically into a TCR World Cup final, um, which the uh, location will be determined sometime soon. I think it's going to run it'll run at the start of next year, whatever the case. So they're 15 who definitely get automatic entries into that. Then the top 45 drivers from the TCR World Rankings will then get a automatic entry into this world cup final thing as well. So you end up with 60 cars all competing to try and be the, the, uh, the, the big dog of TCR racing worldwide. And uh, for Australia to be part of that is really cool. And I think it's uh, speaks, speaks really well of uh, the amount of effort that, that teams competitors, ARG, speed series, broadcast, the whole works have really put into that, that, that we'll have two rounds here, which will be, which, which should be really cool and, and hopefully incentivize our locals to uh, remain consistent entries in the, in the series. Uh, but also hopefully also give more people the incentive to to get in and and be part of it because i think um you know most track densities are 36 or 40 cars so that means that uh that that any normal local entry should be uh, will we'll get a guaranteed entry um you won't be able to have ring-ins who just want to come in and race against all these euros uh and and uh yeah it could make for some some really cool racing, you know. We haven't seen anything like this in, yeah, twenty-five, maybe even more years, where mm. international uh, cars running under similar regulations are allowed to come over and race in a touring car class in Australia. So, so that must. Um, I don't know. What's uh, what's your thoughts on what you know of TCR World Tour? What are your thoughts? Well, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, there's been two rounds here in Australia. Obviously, Bathurst will be one. I'm not sure the other one. I heard maybe Sydney Mosville Park or something like that. Um, and they they basically they race under our rules for that weekend, so our length of races and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think they don't interfere with our points. So like, 
yeah, we, we still would, even if there's cars that finished in between Aussie cars or whatever, you'd just still get the same points as if you finished behind that Aussie car, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then for the world final, if you win, apparently you get a million bucks. million bucks? That's what they're trying to do, a million dollars. So let's say you get an invite to go over there. We would get, uh, let's say I get, I, I go over and I want to race a Honda. So they supply the car, they supply a crew and everything. So you don't take anything over there. Just um, just your media manager, wink. Just your media manager and a wallet full of cash because it mm. will cost you. Um, but I think they do subsidize it quite a bit. And they're talking about having a cost that is capped. So, you know, Honda can't um, do me a cheap deal or Hyundai do me an expensive deal or whatever it is. Um, it's all going to be the same, but yeah, there's a prize money up for grabs at the end of it. And they're talking about trying to do, trying to get a million bucks. Mm. So during our little catch up on, we had a catch up on Sunday, uh, with my cello. Yeah. And no one could understand him. <laughs> and yep. then he said a million dollars and everybody's eyes just lit up. Yeah. Like, what? Hang on a million dollars. Hang on. What's going on here? <laughs> Uh, suddenly everybody was tuned in. So um, I reckon it would be good. Like it'll really spice things up. It'll be uh, something new for the category. And I like how, you know, TCR keeps evolving and yeah, that will draw a crowd and eyeballs and people watching it. And I think that will be quite exciting to get these uh, drivers from the world championship out and see where we sit with everybody. It'd be a Mm. lot of learning to be done and, I think it'd be great. I mean, we've seen, you know, Nestor come over for Honda and absolutely wipe the floor with us. Mm. Um, so you'd expect the guys to be that sort of level. Um, so I think it'll only be good for the championship. So let's let's see what happens. I mean, I don't quite grasp the whole TCR ranking. They were trying to explain it to us the other day and it was like, you know, it's like a tennis ranking. <clears throat> but yeah. I still can't get my head around it. Like where was... Jordan was ninth or something. I was 15th or something like that Yep. in the world. That's in right. the world, Grant, how does that work? Well, it's only based off the last 25 times that you've entered a TCR race. Right. So you hadn't actually entered as many races as him. You'd scored more points in 2022, but he'd scored more points in 2021. And I think yep. he finished second or third in last year's title. So. So just by nature of that, he was ranked higher than you because... I know. I'm not saying why is Jordan higher than me. I'm saying like, how do we rank so high in the world? Uh, well, TCR Australia ranks will get extra points because any TCR series that has more than 20 or 20 or more entrants in the race get ranked higher. So right. you, because there are like, there's like 35 or 40 TCR championships that happen all around the world that's what i mean some of them only have 12 cars so those championships don't get as much points waiting now when Uh, now for this uh tcr uh world tour races mm -hmm. they'll be double world ranking points oh or 50 percent more so so australia's kind of lucky that two of the nine happen here so the TCR Europe guys, I think they'll end up with like three or four 
So we'll probably end up seeing a lot more TCR Europe guys, certainly the successful ones, the ones who finish high in those races, they'll be they'll be quite high on the rankings list. But for our our uh, little old uh, Australia domestic series down here, we, it, it it should work in our uh, it should work in our driver's favour, and we could see we're going to see all of next year, this year and la, uh, this year and next year's successful Australian drivers mm-hmm. probably end up in that top forty five. So we should be able to have at least five or six drivers in the top in the uh in that top 45 to get that entry to um to win a million bucks if, yeah, if, if cool. that happens yeah i better get onto honda and get that budget all sorted don't tell them about the million bucks though don't write that into the contract because <laughs> they, they might they might say well if you win the million you might just have to give us back a little bit oh uh, uh, cool i can give them i can give them back the budget they put in and i'd still be going all right yeah, good. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a nice endorsement for TCR there. <laughs> it doesn't cost a million dollars to go TCR no, racing. No, it doesn't. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, so what and look, are you doing for the rest of the year now? Oh, no. TCR's just, finished, mate. Absolutely. Nothing. You can just retire. Chilling. Uh, well, I guess the, everything just points towards the Adelaide 500. And after yep. the... Um, Valo Adelaide 500 will get to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Probably not, because I think we've um, we've spoken about this many times. Everyone wants everything done before Christmas. Oh, it's God. just always got to be done. And I know you you uh, you live in the manufacturing world these days, so um, I, I really hope that all of your current clientele don't want everything done before Christmas because it's probably not going to happen in your line of work. Um, I'll tell you the last couple of weeks I've been very unproductive at work. <laughs> Thinking too much about uh, scoring enough uh, points to fend off Will Brown and Jordan exactly. Cox, I can imagine. Exactly. Um, but uh, I think at the end of this year, we'll, uh, it'll, it'll be good just not to be in a suitcase for uh, for yeah. a little while. But I do have I do have a couple of uh, I do have a couple of uh, little race meetings to go to. So this weekend down at up at Winton, our good friend Team Johnson and Jet Johnson in the Napa Auto Parts Ford Mustang is going to go and try and win uh, the TA2 Muscle Car Series. So I'm going to go up there and support those guys and um, and cheer them on and be a um, honorary Johnson for the day. Nice, nice. Uh, and then a week after that is Isla Magic, and I've got a just a couple of little bitlets to do for uh, some Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge guys. So I'll see how they go. And uh, coincidentally, it also it's the last round of their series. Um, so if uh, if Angus from uh, from Porsche is listening to this, here I'll tell him to expect a uh, email real soon about how I'm going to invite myself to the end of season party <laughs> that they're going to have down there at Phillip Island on Sunday Saturday night. Uh, and and then after the week after that, we've got uh, the Adelaide 500, which will be which will be really cool. And then after that, no living out of a suitcase for a little while. And I'm really looking forward to that. Are you staying in Melbourne for summer? Uh, No, little uh, New South Wales summer break with the family over Chrissy New Year. Yeah. 
And then after that, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing pants. I'm done. I'm just no, <laughs> no pants laying on the couch watching probably too much cricket and inviting you around for uh, beers and barbecue. You bring the meat and you cook it. I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> on my barbecue that I gave you. Yes. <laughs> and I haven't fired it up yet, but I haven't been sure? home to do that. I haven't been home. Oh dear. Um, okay, cool. Oh, well, look, good. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing for Christmas because I'm going to uh, get you to come back on the pod, probably for oh, the very last pod for the year. What do you think about that? I can do that. Yeah, cool. Okay, I good. Can do that. I don't like to put you I'm under a bit too jealous much pressure. that you're going. Um, you're going to Adelaide. Oh, you're not going to come? No, I'd love to go. Huh. I'd love to go, but well, um, what about uh, GT racing? There's uh, there's a heap of cars going. I'm uh, I'm hearing mm-hmm. as many as thirty GT cars for wow. Adelaide. Mm. What with um, pro two drivers? Dri- two drivers, yeah. Two drivers uh-huh. required for for everybody. Mm-hmm. So they're three forty minute races. GT yeah, World you Challenge. Can do it on your own though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sprint round. Yeah, you can. Yeah, sprint round. Mm. Yeah, I would love to go because I just think well, it's just such a cool track. But also, it's been resurfaced; it hasn't been around for a couple of years. Everyone's going to be all pumped up, and mm. it's just going to be a cool event. So, what's the uh, what? Tell me, what's the uh, the the team that run those track days? Uh, you would know them. Oh, driver driver um, solutions. Yeah, driving solutions. They're going to have a. Track when, day the day before, aren't they? So on Wednesday at yeah. the event, you can take your road car yeah. and under controlled conditions, go flat out, go as fast as you want around yeah. the Adelaide street track on the Wednesday. That's going to be pretty cool. And our good friend, Daniel Kalish, our uh, photographer for for Speed Series and for a lot of the supercars uh, teams and you know, well-renowned for uh, taking... Some of the best picks that we see of Australian motorsport cars. He's got a little Toyota Corolla GR. Oh, has he got that now? He's got it, and uh, for his birthday, his wife bought him a uh, an entry into this Wednesday Adelaide drive your car as fast as you want around the track. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah, it's good unless he I, sort of stuffs it and he's nice. in the wall somewhere. Hopefully, he doesn't do that, but. Um... I've heard there's a lot of the GT guys are going to do the Wednesday to try and learn the circuit because a lot of them haven't driven there before. Mm. It's a bloody good idea. That, that happens at the Grand Prix, the yep. Melbourne Grand Prix. Generally, a, a manufacturer will, will take the Wednesday morning, I think it is. It used to be Mercedes, and you'd get all these racing drivers from the weekend, like in other categories that have never driven before, trying to get an invite to learn the circuit before they actually hit the track. Um, how many laps? So, how many laps do they typically get in these things? Oh. Like it's not just like I'd imagine this. This this would be in pretty high demand. So you can't just go and throw three hundred different types of cars out there. I'm sure it's all scheduled and. Manage. Uh the way the way Mercedes used to do it was you'd actually you wouldn't do a complete lap. Like you'd come around and there'd be like a little pit lane. So just like one sort of you know, all, almost complete lap at, at pace, but you'd be spread out so you didn't cop traffic during the lap. Right. So it's not just like an open pit lane away you go. 
but they, I don't know how driving solutions are going to do it, but it's a pretty smart idea. Pretty mm. clever. Surprised that they've actually got access to the circuit to do that. You know, generally there's TV and everyone trying to set up and finish the circuit. Like we generally do track walk on the Wednesday and the track's not even finished yet. Mm. So yeah. We'll have I'd to get the rack together and- yeah. I'd imagine it won't go for the entire day. Surely there'll no. be a window at the end of the day where track walk will be will be a thing. Yeah. yeah. But with uh yeah, some pretty big um big support classes uh at the event as well. There's there's um when track walk opens, it's gonna be it's gonna be frantic. There's gonna be at like Ten thousand people walking around that track. Ten thousand teams walking around that track, trying to figure out uh, what's new and what's changed since the last time we raced there two years ago. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know because we've had the gap. There's probably a lot of people that come into motorsport now that have actually never driven the circuit before, other than on a simulator or something. So, and that place does require quite a bit of commitment. Um, I think I'm hearing some of the bumps that we're we've come to love like up into turn four uh, they're all, all gone. Like the track's going to be really, really smooth. So lap times are going to be like ultra fast, really, mm. really fast. But I think the weather was going to be, well, it should be, I don't know the way the weather is at the moment. You can't predict it, but it should be quite hot that time of year around there. So it could be a really tough race for these guys to finish off the year, especially in supercar land, but it's going to be uh quite an epic battle because there's no championship on the line anymore. So everyone's just going to be going hammer and tong last mm. Holden race. Yeah. The, the, I'm hearing the Walkershaw guys have a tribute livery mm. and probably other teams going to do the same thing. So it'd be a really, really fun event. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting back there. Uh, I can only imagine that the, uh, the Adelaide faithful are going to support it uh, to bring it back. Look, they voted some guy in with with that being one of his um, big election promises. So they better uh, they better come out, fork out their cash, and uh, come and line those uh, famous uh, pitch straights and and all around. It's definitely an event that Australia can be really proud of. Uh, and what a great way to finish the championship as well. I guess we got so used to it being the first round that for it to be the last round, uh, you know, wind the clock back three years ago might have seemed odd, but um, I think this is a, you know, what better way to finish off the championship with events like the Bathurst 1000, the Gold Coast 500, now the Adelaide 500. She's she's been, we're we're pretty spoiled for um, epic uh, motorsport events here in Australia. Hey, um, hey, what did you think of uh, supercars cancelling the Gen 3 test? Uh, yeah. So I don't, I didn't read any of this. I, no, I did not read it. Tell me, tell me what, what is, what is that news? I saw that there was, well, I, just, I, read, I just read the headline. Um, I didn't read, <laughs> you didn't the, story. read the story, but well, was, hang on. I read the, I read the headline in the first paragraph or like the subhead of something that had said that we're, we're real. And this is real informed podcasting right here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the first scheduled all in test, or yeah. or something like that had had been delayed, which just means like, this is yeah, it's just, we were meant to have Gen three at the start of this year. Uh, it's just an ongoing delay, delay, <laughs> delay. But you know, there's pretty tight windows now. The delays we're going to see are smaller. I don't know if it's anything that 
that that we should all be getting panicked about. I know I'd be pretty panicked no. in team land though. I'd be feeling the stress because while you and I are talking about having uh, yeah summer breaks and um, you know beers and barbecues for days, it's not going to be like that in Supercars team land. Yes, and those poor buggers. Like, I think the biggest thing for them at the moment is not everything's been finalised uh, with the car build. So it's not like they've got everything there and they've just got to piece it together. They they don't have everything, and then they're running out of time, and they've still got another race to do this year. And you know, teams have been doing ride days this week. They just the workload is just massive, and then. To go to Adelaide, a, a track which you know generally brings back a few cars on the tilt tray, um, like we saw at uh, Indy or Indy Gold Coast, I should say. Sorry, um, <laughs> Clip, these Clipsal, stick. yeah, Clipsal and Indy. James um, Hart, James Hardy, one thousand. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel sorry for the teams a little bit because they've got a huge amount of workload. I think most teams have their chassis now, but nothing at all. Not a lot else has been finalised, so pretty hard for them to get ready for a test day in a few weeks. So I'm not surprised it's been delayed. Um, let's hope they get some proper testing in before they get to Newcastle because that's a car killer as well. Mm, yep. Well, I think Newcastle is going to be the first time we actually see what these things look like when they all get smashed up as well. Uh, that they can do all the testing they want, but I'm sure none of them at the moment are going to go out there and crash one of these things to see what it looks like coming on the back of a tilt tray. We're going to see that at Newcastle. That is just going to be that that it's going to be a really cool moment for the sport. I remember, and, and you were in supercars at the time, 2013, when uh, when Nissan and Mercedes-Benz came in for the first time and you just felt that big re-energized um, feeling with the with the series and you were probably, because you were driving a Commodore at that point, you were yeah, stoked we were, because it, we it meant okay. that you, you were six cars ahead before the race even started. Uh, maybe even more, seven cars uh, ahead, three Mercedes, four Nissans and that, I had the best, you didn't have best, to worry uh, about them at all. Well, I think that was my best championship year because all those cars were shit boxes. So. <laughs> oh, yep. And, and I had some problems, those cars. As the media manager for the Nissan team at the time, one of my worst years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you 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 would have your character would have got uh would have grown that year trying to come up with press releases that basically say nothing and um but still sound amazing. Mm. You've learned a lot. I have, I have. I'd, uh, I only, I used to dream about what would it be like, you know, being the media manager for like a Shell V Power Racing in the Scott McLaughlin era, or currently doing the, the Red Bull, uh, Red Bull Ampole media management. And I see those guys walking around doing their stuff, and they're not, they're not creating stories. Then, yeah. you know, back in my day. You had to create. You had to come up with concepts. You had to, you had to work hard for your earned media. Yeah. Where whereas these guys, they just run block. They just run defense. Can I talk to Vengis? No. Can I talk to Scotty Mac? No. No time. No. Can't do that. <laughs> no one's talking to him. No. He's having a rest. But you, you would have been bombarded. Like, can I talk to Caruso? It's like, yes, please, 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 come and talk to him. No one's spoken to him for six months. But just don't talk about results. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, 
So uh, interesting times. Anyway, all part of the fabric that makes us up, Tony D. That's right. But it will be interesting to see these new cars hit hit the track. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. It'll be it'll spice things up a little bit, create a bit more interest. I'll be, be intrigued to see how fast the cars are compared to the current car. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Super Two are probably going to be quicker. They should be quicker. Um, but it, uh, you know, maybe maybe by surprises, maybe these cars won't be that far away. I don't know. Well, as long as they can they, they pass, as long as it's entertaining, I don't care how fast these things go. You I will, actually like don't when we care. get to Bathurst, when we get to Bathurst and they're doing two oh ten, no two two oh nines or something like that, it just it will take a little bit of shine out of it. It will. Ah, uh, look, you know, I no, no, don't care. I I will the disappointment of Saturday's top ten shootout where they're five seconds slower. Will uh, will be made up if we have right. three or four cars able to dice and race. But what's one of the best the moments in history in, in supercars for Bathurst? It's one of the best moments. Well, yes, uh, some of, of the gods. That's right. Our Saturday moments—they are massive. But we'll have a right. gen. But we'll why? have Gen three lap times that we can all race towards, yeah. and just start it. Start a new little chapter. That's uh, that the, the for the sake of the, the for the sake of the spectacle. I don't know if we, I don't know if that ultimate lap time needs to be, needs to be the focus. And yeah, for sure. If let's say these cars are three seconds slower around Bathurst, and you're doing sixes or sevens, and that's a that's a that's a that's a hot lap time. Mm-hmm. We're really not going to know if that's a hot lap time. We're not for a, for a couple of years when they start to get their heads around the cars and uh, are, are really in tune with it. So, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I I'm just not going to get hung hung up on any particular lap time at any track if the racing product is good, and we know on Sunday afternoon we're in for a cracker and we don't know what's going to happen, yeah. uh, and there's more question marks than there are answers as late into the race as we can possibly get, then then that's where the sport will know that it's it's won the day. Okay, we'll see. We we'll will see. see. We'll see. Or you could all just go race S5000s un, untapped and just go set 59s all day. If you want to drive fast race cars and just go do that, then go do I that. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, so they, did, they just didn't do enough. Uh, the sessions were only 15 minutes long. For, so for anyone who didn't see it, James Golding said a 159.2 fastest ever recorded lap time around Mount Panorama in the S5000 in his Gary Rogers Motorsport prepared car. So that's the fastest anyone has ever gone around there. But the sessions were only 15 minutes long and the, those Hoosier tires, they're pretty, <laughs> they're, they're very reliable uh, and I don't know, apparently good for the category, but they just take a long time to come on. Like a Porsche tire, maybe I think it is similar, maybe even similar to TCR. They just keep going and going and going, and they, in, in some cases, get better and better as they go. Those sessions weren't long enough. There was so much rain interruption on uh, on Saturday morning. Was it? Did it rain on Saturday morning for you guys? Nah, Whatever the no, case. Saturday was Friday. Good. Saturday was good. No, no, no. no. All, all it, it rained a little bit Friday afternoon. There, uh, there you go. And their sessions just kept getting blotted by 
uh, spots of rain. So really, they ended up just having one decent session on Sunday mm. where they could where they could have a crack. And James did a the the fifty nine point two, which is pretty bloody good. And uh, check out the socials. I think the S five thousand uh, social medias has that lap. And um, yeah, you can see where there's probably just a little bit extra in it for Jimmy. But um, oh, I can tell you right now, I can tell you, watching onboard footage doesn't do anyone justice. Yeah. Okay. I can tell you. You, you I, I watch my onboard and I go, what am I doing? What am I doing? There's heaps more in that, Tony. <laughs> when you're out there, when you're out there, there's something telling you there isn't any more in that. There's <laughs> your little sphincters like, you know. Telling you, mate, just you're going a bit too fast here, or you, you're right on the edge there. Uh, but then you watch your hands and you watch the vision, and you go, oh, mate, he's just cruising. Could have so break, I'm sure break. James is giving it a lot more than what you could ever give it, Grant. Oh, I have absolutely no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I watched the lap and I thought, oh, geez, he, he went, he didn't break as late as what I thought he was going to break into the chase. And then he kind of rolled through the left-hander and I thought, ah, oh, James, there's was, was half a second in that at least. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were talking about tears with Fife. Yeah. We were it? talking about tears. We were talking about tears with Fife earlier. Yeah. Um, he watches a lot of onboard footage and um, yeah. When, when he comes up with, uh, Reasons, notes, 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 how I can go faster. I, I think, mate, you know, <laughs> it's a lot harder than it looks. I can tell you. <laughs> Did Fifey do any racing? I don't know. Uh, he's driven the TCR car before, just slowly, but he has. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where he's got his experience from, but um, not sure. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Mm. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that would be it would be hard to hear from a driver coach who doesn't do much driving. But look, don't um don't discount it because there's golf coaches, uh cricket coaches, tennis coaches who haven't played at the elite level but are masters at their craft and masters of getting the most out of their athletes. So I think um, and I think Fifey's got the most out of you. You I mean yeah. Wow, hundred percent. But I think uh, you know he spends a lot of time looking at drivers uh, on board and data and all that sort of stuff. So he'd get a good picture of what's going on. Yeah. Um, maybe I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, why can't you just be a little bit better, uh, Tony? Just break deeper. There's definitely more in that. I can see it. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. Cool. Well, you are uh, just sitting. You are just sitting down doing your job really aren't you exactly like you're not doing much you sit you actually you sit down to earn your cash yeah to win your championship you have to sit down sit on my ass (laughs) and just sweat in a sweat box uh, dear. Man, oh, very good, mate. All right. Hey, um, just, uh, just one last thing before we switch off our good friend, uh, Mark Fogarty spoke to one of Tony's old good friends, Scotty McLaughlin. Um, and Scotty Mac had uh, a couple of really cool things to talk about, including uh, indie cars, including some sports car stuff that 
he might have coming up pretty soon. He's also going to be in Adelaide to be part of the broadcast team. He's a fan ambassador for the Adelaide 500 as well. Um, we've had a pretty long pod here, Tony. We've had a lot to talk mm. about and it's been, it's been really good. And, um, I don't know. I talk to you all the time, but uh, not on the pod as often as we used to. And uh, this brought back some really nice memories. But um, what uh, what we'll do? Let's uh, let's go listen to Fogs and Scotty Mac hang around, and I'll uh, shoot Tony D one last question before we go. This is Fogs versus Scott McLaughlin on Parked Up. Scott McLaughlin, well, welcome back to Australia, and welcome back to Parked Up. Thanks, folks. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be an Australia trip without being interviewed by you, folks. So I'm very I'm very happy to be on. How are you? Because <laughs> you love it so much, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <clears throat> good and good to chat to you. Okay, look, um, for someone who's out here on holiday, it sounds like you're going to be pretty busy over in Adelaide during the 500. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, obviously, I, I'm I'm on the TV broadcast, um, and I'm looking forward to that. And then, um, at the same time, I'm also um, a fan ambassador for the for the 500. Um, so excited to, you know, I'm sort of doing some stuff at the end of each day, like talking, you know, give my thoughts on you know the events proceedings, and obviously, I'm going to have a bit of an inner sanctum look um, and a neutral perspective look at at the whole thing um and i'm going to try and relay that to some of the fans on social media and whatnot bit of content and then um some signing sessions some corporate visits so i sort of always asterisk you know adelaide 500 is i wanted to go but if i was going to go i'd love to go in like a working capacity if i could somehow do that and um and yeah that that's what i'm doing so uh head down i think i'm going there on the wednesday and basically straight into a tv role i'm doing some color stories i'm interviewing people uh you know and then hopefully uh i'll be on you know doing a half decent job on the broadcast which i'm excited about uh the interviews well there there could be some square ups there <laughs> don't worry I, I don't know who i'm interviewing just yet but uh i'll, I'll uh yeah i'm looking forward to maybe choosing some questions on certain people for sure <laughs> we look forward to that and and it sounds like the fans are going to have plenty of access to you as well. Yep, yep. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, release like a little uh, merch range, like a very limited merch range for that weekend. And then I'm also going to do like some uh, two signing sessions across the weekend. Um, and yeah, and I'm just be, I'll just be roaming around as well. So I'll make sure I have a pen in my pocket because I know a lot of people are saying that they've got model cars they want me to sign and bits and pieces. And obviously, I haven't been back for a couple of years. So, um, you know, the people have got you know a couple of die casts they want me signed and, and posters and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be ready to go for all that. Do you think you'll have, you know, itchy feet? Yeah. How, how do you think you're going to feel being there and not actually racing? Well, I had that little taste of that at Gold Coast, you know, and if if anything, like when I had itchy feet was probably around qualifying and just seeing those cars on the limit against the fence and stuff. Um, but no, I like I was I was perfectly content with like what I what what I was doing, you know, and and um, with the IndyCar and what I'm doing overseas, and then just coming home and watching it, you know, and I'm perfectly perfectly content with what I've achieved in the series um and it's a really good feeling to be honest like very this trip has been great for my mind to be honest just to 
you know, enjoy it and and um and and yeah, you just sort of soak it all in. Um, but oh, for sure, you know, I, I the the way that they, those cars look on the street tracks and and how they drive looks so fun. But you know, I actually really enjoyed watching it from a spectating point of view, and I'm actually really really excited to be a part of the broadcast because I've always wanted to be in that media landscape and to to see that side of it and um work with like crompo and a few others and you know, I'm, I'm excited and, and and i know i i don't i think i have a little bit but not not too bad mentioned that contentment factor that you're comfortable with what you've done and i i guess that's part of you know why we're not going to see you in a you know a gen 3 car for for a test which would seem logical but you know as well as well as contractual problems it, it mm. sounds like you just didn't need to do it. No, no. Look, at the end of the day, um, I got offered by both sides of the camp to 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 drive their cars, and it wasn't a fact of like, no, I don't want to drive that car just because I don't want to drive it. I like, I'll drive anything. But it's yeah, there was a little bit of contract stuff. Obviously, me driving a Ford now wouldn't go well. Um, but then I just didn't feel that it was the right thing to do to, to drive the Chevy here in Australia, you know, and um, not that it wasn't the right thing to do, but ultimately I feel like, you know, I've just got, I, I think I, I've got a somewhat loyalty to what, you know, Ford and, and DJR did for my career moving forward. So um, it was sort of just a decision just to press on and, and, and um, yeah, just hang out. But uh, look, sure. One day I'd, I'd, I'd I'd like to drive one and see what it's all about. But, you know, like I said, I'm just perfectly content with my decision and what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm very, very um, happy. You're a man who knows very well what it takes to win the Adelaide 500. So from what you've seen, not only at the Gold Coast, but, you know, catching up with the series during the year, hmm. another SVG benefit or... Can DJ, your old team DJR get up and steal it? Yeah, look, I think Shane's been like he's very, very good, obviously, and and he's I've said it a number of times. He's like even seeing it firsthand. He's just in a league of his own, league of his own right now. And um, but in saying that, yeah, I think you know the DJR guys and and Tickford and whatnot have, have been pretty strong, and it will be interesting what the mentality is like in terms of how hard everyone's going to race now that the championship's really done and dusted. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're you're. I honestly would firmly believe that there's going to be you know, a fair bit of goes going on, a couple of little bombs here and there, and you know. At the end of the day, the last round of the championship's always been a little bit crazy because everyone knows that they've got time to fix their cars. They, they don't want to fix them, but they're a bit more brave and and a little bit more loose. So it will be interesting how it goes. I think Shane's going to be very fast. He's always been fast there, very hard to beat Adelaide, especially now when he's just at the peak of his powers. But I, I certainly believe someone like you know a Chaz Cam or you know Will or Anton, you know that they can definitely take it to him. It's just they've got to they've got to just be aggressive though, folks. Like, you know, and just when he's come back through, like block block him. Like Will did a little bit at the start of Gold Coast and and he held him off for a few laps and then eventually sort of he just got through in the end. But you know, I think as soon as you try and get Shane on the back foot, that's when, you know, I think that's when you'll see, you know, the form change because I think that's what they need to do. All right. Let's look ahead to 2023 following your breakout season in IndyCar 
this year. What's the plan? You must have pretty reasonable expectations next season. Yeah, you know me well, folks. Like I'm I'm obviously expecting big things for myself in terms of just, you know, being where I was. I don't want to take a step backwards and um IndyCast is so hard right now to even predict who could win the championship. There's so many people that can win it. So I'm not going to come out and say I can win the championship, but I know what I what I do, what I did towards the end of last year, um, you know, the last sort of eight races or whatnot, you know, our average was really good and our points that we got from Road America onwards were, you know, just about the best in the series. And, you know, if we can hit the ground running with the form that we have, we know that I like St. Pete and whatnot. Um you know, it's all going to be about just making sure that I don't have a lull, you know, like I did this year, you know, in the early to mid part of the year. So, yeah, I'm I'm fully believed that, you know, if we have the same pace and where we're at, we can be right there towards the end of the year. It's just going to be a matter of me keeping my head and not making any, any mistakes and same with the team. And what about other racing opportunities over there with the Pensy organisation, you know, which of course is involved in, multiple categories hmm. yeah look I've, I've i've said to them you know i'm really interested in doing other racing and and um you know i've always wanted to do daytime 24 hour which i'm working really heavily on right now um to be a part of and and petit le mans and, and sebring um you know they're three big events in the us that you know is on the bucket list of most drivers in the world so uh, you know i'm working really hard to be a part of that and not only that you know i've i haven't been told anything by by the team, you know, about joining their program or whatnot, but it's more, I feel like it look, just looks good on my CV to learn that type of racing. And, and that's probably why I'm trying to now solidify myself a little bit with, you know, the IndyCar and, and understand it a little bit more. You know, I really want to try just a couple of different races and, and um, yeah, and, and that's why I'm working really hard. And, you know, I'm sort of 80, 85% sure that, um, you know, I'm going to be on the grid at Daytona. It's just a matter of, trying to make sure um, I'm sorting out a few things at the moment, but um, yeah, working really hard on that. And hopefully we can announce something here in the next little bit. Thanks folks. Thanks Scotty Max. So maybe uh, a sports car future for, for Scotty over there as he continues uh, to live the American dream. But of course to we'll be hearing him on the uh, Foxtel and KO and channel seven coverage of the last round of the Repco supercars championship. So uh, it's all coming to a close pretty soon. Tony D um, I'd said, I'd have one last question for you. I can't think of what it was, but maybe it's more <laughs> of a statement. Um, I was probably, I'll admit this. I'm going to admit this to everyone. Mm. I was the most biased media manager for a series in the, in the last race with some bloody hooligan in the media center cheering for just one driver. Uh, I wouldn't have mind if, if you, if you'd lost, I would have been very disappointed and I would have been super happy for, for who, whoever would have won. But uh, I certainly wanted you to win just a little bit more than anyone else. And you did it. And it was awesome. So mate, congratulations from, uh, from me and, and uh, all of my team who I know also had you, they had your back. Uh, none of us are, again, we're not biased. We, we would have given just <laughs> Too as much. Too much Alberto. We Too would have, much TD. We would have given just as much love to anyone else who might have crossed that line and won that championship and been very happy for them. But um, 
given our relationship, uh, knowing how hard you've worked at it and uh, yeah, it's just proves that nice guys can win. Yeah. Am I a nice guy? Am I? Really? Well, I just, you, I don't you, know. You've what... been on the receiving end of a lot of uh, grief from me over the years. <laughs> a lot, a yeah. lot. But we keep that internal though. It's just, we okay. keep it internal. <laughs> I don't tell everyone how, how badly you treat me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, let's go. I'm going to go to bed. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. Tony D is the 2022 Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia Series winner, champion, whatever you Do want you to call a tattoo? it. Uh, no. Oh. Are you going to get, get a matching, tattoo? We can get matching tattoos. <laughs> no. Um, That'll really show me how much you love me if you uh, get a tattoo. Where, where would we put this tattoo? You can get it on your bum. Uh, left or right or or just we sounds cheeky yeah oh god well just (laughs) as we almost got through without doing anything stupid we've said something stupid and if anyone's listened this far then they've got a little bum tato joke (laughs) I can (laughs) say congratulations everyone would have switched off by now so we're we're safe there (laughs) Yeah, good. Okay. All right. Oh, mate, congratulations again. We'll uh, we'll hear from you. Uh, we'll hear from you soon and uh, continue to bathe in that glory of being the TCR Australia champion. I'm going to lap it up. I'm going to absolutely lap it up over Christy. I'm going to probably put on about 10 kilos. Well, that's all right. The championship doesn't start until late February. So you yeah, you, you exactly. and Lee Stimation, you and Lee Stimation, reaction performers, you'll be back in the gym in no time. When I called you this morning, you, I called you at 6.30 in the morning. You sent yeah. me a text message at 6 in the morning and you said, you need to call me. You need to call me ASAP. And then you message, please. So two messages. <laughs> the second one was polite. So I called you. It's like I woke up at 6.30, saw it, and I thought, fuck, something's going on. So I, so I called you and, and Lee answered the phone and, or it was just you barking in the background. So I'll call him back later. I'll call him back. <laughs> well, you wouldn't even take my call. Cause I was bloody pumping iron. Good boy. I was at the gym again. Actually, I haven't been very much lately. So I said to Lee, we're to get back on this. So Wednesday morning, boom, back in the gym. 2023 starts now, Tony Day. Yeah, well, I just want to shred for Chrissy. Right. So hang on. One like two minutes ago, you said that's it. I'm just packing on the keg. So for Christmas, <laughs> you want to shred? You need to make up your mind. Oh dear. Whatever you know. do, mate, anyway. uh, enjoy it because you deserve it. Uh, a, a fun year. Thanks for everything. Uh, thanks for delivering me my first TCR Australia title. <laughs> I don't know why I'm claiming it as mine. I feel like I played a minor part. Anyway. Uh, You did. You definitely did. So thank you. Cool. No problem. Let's go. I'm out. Enjoy. See you, mate. You've just listened to another Network Car production. 